Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. He said, fundamentally, there's a choice to be made. You can't be both for Donald Trump and for the Constitution. You have to choose. Yeah. A vote for Donald Trump is unconstitutional, anti-American. Well, he won't, he won't support and uphold the Constitution. We've already seen what happened. Uh, he is the only president in American history who attempted to overturn an election, who attempted to seize power, to stay in power after he had lost. Um, and the reason that it, we didn't have a much more serious crisis was because there were people around him who stopped him, because there were people around the country, state officials, for example, who stopped him, who did not yield to the pressure that he put on them to change votes from Biden to Trump. Um, we won't have that safeguard again. And, and he's so dangerous. Uh, if you have a president who is unwilling to abide by the rulings of the courts, who's unwilling to uphold the Constitution, then there are no guardrails who can stop him. Yes, but what if I said that about Joe Biden? Can't do, he can't have these eviction moratoriums. Oh, we'll just keep it going. We'll just, we'll just keep it, keep it happening. Supreme Court said, so eh, we'll just... Keep trying. What if I take a look at all those Democrats who who say, well, the Supreme Court now is uh, just objectionable, so we have to pack the court. Not so we actually get interpretations of the Constitution, so that we get progressive interpretations of the Constitution, Liz Cheney. What of that? She's talking with Savannah Guthrie on uh, the Today Show on NBC. And let me say that the former Congresswoman Liz Cheney is back crap crazy. Disgusting and despicable. I, she had a voting record you would love, and she allowed herself to be broken. Let us talk honestly about this idea, this nonsense idea that somehow the Constitution is at stake only if Donald Trump runs. I argue it's always at stake. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And I already said Trump's not my guy. At any given moment, throughout social media or emails or whatever, I'll get told that I'm too nice to Trump and I'm too hateful to Trump. Same conversation. Too nice, too hateful. People come with their own preconceived notions. I honestly have no time for those people. Those people, they're not smart enough to be able to listen. I can't worry about them. I got to focus on the people who I'm engaged in a conversation with, and that's you. Trump's not my guy. He's not. He governed like a conservative. Of that, I am very appreciative. I do not know if that's going to happen again. And since I now see people so desperate to state that conservatism is dead and what you really need is the America first policy, I'm not voting for populism because I want to. I might have to vote for it because I have to and hope that he still governs like a conservative. Because I, for one, listen to the bluster and don't believe him. The DeSantis campaign, in one of their good moments, put out a whole thing about how I'm going to go after Hillary Clinton. She needs to be prosecuted. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then two weeks after winning the election, we're not going to go after Hillary Clinton. You know what? We're going to try and make nice and, and, and make everything happy. Yeah, it was all just talk for the election. Seems that the people who are most supportive of Trump forget that moment. I don't. I think Hillary Clinton did really dangerous things to subvert the Constitution. But let's go back to Liz Cheney 
and this maddening proposition that somehow the Constitution will not hold and that somehow the people in positions of power in states across the country who thwarted him the first time will somehow fold the second time. Why would I believe such a thing? And what did he actually do? Hold on. I didn't say you liked what he did, but let's go over what he actually did. He said it was rigged. You're right. That's super annoying. He said that it was fake. You're right. That's super annoying. He did try and engage lawsuits. His team did. And in some places they were heard, but in the vast majority of places they weren't. And people looked at the lawsuit being dismissed as up, another lawsuit dismissed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think that some of them should have been heard, specifically by the Supreme Court. So much so that uh, Justice uh, Alito and Clarence, Justice Clarence Thomas both said, well, if we're not going to hear these cases, what do we do here? What's our purpose if we're not going to hear cases about the election of president of the United States? I think that was always wrong. I think it was wrong. I think Trump making, uh, you know, making the statement of you got to find me some more votes in Georgia looks super bad. You know what I saw? No one found him more votes. Were there shenanigans in Fulton County and stuff coming from under the table? You better believe there was. Would I have voted to certify the votes from Pennsylvania? Absolutely not. And anyone who favors the Constitution, Liz Cheney, would not have certified the votes coming from Pennsylvania because those rules that the legislators uh, set, the legislature set, were usurped by the judicial. That should not be allowed, and the 20 electoral votes should not have counted. Now, if I can do math properly, and I believe I can, Biden still would have been elected president, but I never would have allowed those 20 electoral votes. But we were told on the political right, you cannot engage a lawsuit before the election because we don't have a result yet. You don't have any standing. You don't have an argument to make because nothing happened yet. That's not what Liz Cheney is doing. Now, this is, of course, political, not legal. I get the difference. Liz Cheney wants to make an argument. If you elect Trump, we all die. This is an ignorant position from a broken woman. And they continue this conversation like it's it's somehow rational. Uh, he is the only president in American history who attempted to overturn an election, who attempted to seize power, to stay in power after he had lost. Um, and the reason that it, we didn't have a much more serious crisis was because there were people around him. who, As I said, all of a sudden these people don't exist there aren't other people what are you what are you talking about and if the people around him tried to stop him why are they somehow being charged in a rico predicate uh there in atlanta shouldn't they be uh hailed as heroes and and he's so dangerous uh, if you have a president who is unwilling to abide by the rulings of the courts who's unwilling to uphold the constitution then there are no guardrails who can stop him. You've, uh, said that we're, can stop him. you've said we're sort of sleepwalking into dictatorship in the United States. Dictatorship. Is that what we yeah. would have if we reelect Donald Trump? I think it's, it's a very, very real threat and concern. No, it's not. You're crazed. No, it's not. The fundamental argument, getting down to the most basic element of Liz Cheney's argument, 
if somehow the Constitution cannot hold because one person is nuts. You think our system is so weak that the Constitution cannot hold? That's ridiculous. Dictatorship? That is an insane thought. But I will tell you that the political right has it about the political left. You better believe it. You have to use these pronouns. You have to tell us every uh, transaction over $600. You're not allowed to have a gas stove. This is... You say to me, well, that's not what Trump is doing. I want to know what Trump is doing. Hold on. What is Trump doing? He tried to subvert an election. For as much as you want to argue that, let me state that that was three years ago and Joe Biden is president today. That inauguration day came and Joe Biden was inaugurated. Next question. What is, what is, it, what is your fundamental malfunction here? That he's going to do it again? But he's not in power. If he runs and he loses, he loses. Well, there might be another riot. Dear Lord. I don't know. I don't want there to be. But you think there won't be riots on the left if Trump should be elected? I have got people threatening Jewish business owners All across America now. And the political left is twiddling their thumbs like, oh, Trump is so dangerous. Not to the local falafel place in Philadelphia. Who's dangerous are these pro-Hamas psychopaths who are going to get into the killing. I have stated without reservation. Trump's not my guy. But if he's the nominee, I'll vote for him. If he's the nominee, I'll vote for him because he is a better choice than Joe Biden. That's how bad Joe Biden is. And a political party that will not excoriate the Jew-hating bigots in their midst, I'm going to go for Trump. I'm going to go for DeSantis. I'm going to go for Haley. I would go for Chris Christie or Vivek Ramaswamy over these Democrats. And the Republican Party, Liz Cheney? The Republican Party is the problem? Why can't it be a rational conversation about important subjects? Trump didn't handle uh, the 2020 election well, and I think, therefore, he should not be a consideration for 2024. If you vote for him, you're putting a you're 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 putting a dictator in power. She's making the argument that the Constitution will fail. Said differently, she's making the argument that somehow our Constitution doesn't work. And I put forth that what Liz Cheney is arguing is far more dangerous than anything to the claim that Donald Trump did. The claim, not actually the doing, the claim. This is a very, very ugly position to take. The position to take is, I don't like what Trump stands for. I don't like Trump ha- how handled handled this. And Trump will pi- try and put tremendous pressure. But our Constitution will hold as long as people follow and do this and stand up. That would be a statement. 
The statement that Liz Cheney is making is one of a fear-mongering. So much so that Liz Cheney goes into this. Watch what's happening to my party uh, and, and to watch the extent to which Donald Trump himself um, has, uh, you know, basically determined that that uh, the only thing that matters is uh, him, his power, his success. And um, that is not somebody you can entrust with the power of the presidency. It seems crazy to ask this and even crazier to fathom it. But do you believe if Donald Trump were elected next year that he would try to stay in office beyond a second term? That he would never leave office? There's no question. You think he would try to stay in power forever? Absolutely. I mean, he's already done it once. That's a crazy person. That is um, fear-mongering of the worst. He didn't stay in power, did he? Did he? He didn't stay in power. He left. On the day he was supposed to, he left. This is the, this is gross, and to have to be put in a position to defend is 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 awful for for me. But dear Lord, Liz Cheney is a broken woman, broken and pathetic. And when I tell you she had a voting record that you loved, I mean it. But this is madness. But I want you to take note of the conversation. China, Israel, Ukraine, and of course the top story in America, the southern border, the attack on children from the, uh, on the quote unquote transgender insanity. And what they're talking about is Trump. And all MSNBC will talk about is Trump. Without him, they don't have anything. Without him, They'd have to talk about the issues. And on the issues, they have nothing to say because the Democrats look that bad because they are. So we're going to focus on issues. You know, the things that actually matter to people. You know who doesn't matter to people? Liz Cheney. Because fear mongers should never, ever, ever matter. I'm Tony Katz. Fascinating look at data regarding the overturning of Roe v. Wade because of the Dobbs decision. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, and we take a look at this. We always discuss it politically because of what it's done uh, to elections and the, and the the benefits it has given the political left, how they've campaigned on it, and how they've been able to have success and mitigate losses. But what is the effect on society having taken away the failed decision, the wrong decision of the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade? And and what is the result with states now having created limits on abortion? So it was the Institute of Labor Economics that took a look at each state where abortion was banned And there was significantly more births than was expected in the first six months of this year, right? This has been going on now for 18 months, so that was enough time to be able to really 
take a look at at its effect. And the number is 32,000. 32,000 more births have taken place this year, which the data states is attributable to states having restrictions on abortion. The people who are abortion zealots will tell you that this is the problem because these were unwanted births. And this, of course, brings about the social of this conversation, the the cultural of this conversation. We're now saying that the baby is, is unwanted. This is our argument. We have a society that doesn't want life. Well, that's not a problem at all, now is it? But it was an interesting breakdown of uh, the, 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 the data um, in, in that while it shows that there were more babies born, it also shows that states where they offered up increased access to abortion, like, for example, via telemedicine, you can get some pills and have a chemical abortion, that went up. It's it, Two things happened at the same time that you would think were not possible. Both happened, but both happened. The amount of births went up, but the abortion rate increased by 0.2%. Because in the states that limited it, there wasn't as much heading across the border. And the place where this happened the most is Texas. And you're like, Texas, women who wanted an abortion didn't go across the border? And the answer is, Texas is big. And so to make the drive or a flight or a bus was too much hassle, too much work. But in states like California that were willing to uh, mail you an abortion, it went up. And it's, it's, it is fascinating data because if, if you're on the pro-life side, you're going to say the restrictions work. There's more life. And the people who are given more access to killing will do it. The, 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 it, it, it is simply uh, a, a truism, at least how they look at this data. Now, is that going to be true over time? I don't, I don't have an answer. It's still, I think, up to us to decide what kind of society do we want. I think that right now what Americans are saying is they want abortion, but they want limits to it. They want to know that somebody can have it because if something horrible happens to them, they cannot live with themselves to think that that baby has to be born, right? That's how they, that's how they think it. So they got to be able to have that abortion because it's only right. But the country's not abortion crazy. But if you have people in power who only talk about abortion and you uh, allow them the opportunity to distribute every abortion pill they can, convincing uh, young women that this is the thing to do because who wants that baby? It's just in your way. They'll take it. As we've stated here from the beginning, this will never be a legal fight. This will always be a cultural fight. Always. That's always been my take. This is Tony Katz today. 
it's also important to understand why the pause came to an end. Uh, it came to an end because of Hamas. Hamas reneged on commitments it made. In fact, even before the pause came to an end, it committed an atrocious terrorist attack in Jerusalem, killing three people, wounding others, including Americans. Uh, it began firing rockets before the pause had ended, and as I said, it reneged on the commitments it made in terms of releasing certain hostages. That is all very true, Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State. I appreciate you saying so. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The ceasefire is over. Israel has announced it will expand into southern Gaza. And the pro-Hamas squad is already saying we need a ceasefire. Hamas broke the ceasefire, and there is no one in the squad or anywhere else saying that what Hamas did is wrong. They are all saying ceasefire. These people, of course, want to see the end of Israel and the slaughter of Jews. I said it exactly the way I said it. I meant it exactly the way I said it. This is what they want. They are, did you, did you somehow miss Kamala Harris trying to explain what's going on uh, regarding a ceasefire and hostages? Oh, it is precious. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know whether I would use French or ranch dressing for this word salad, but here you go. So I'm not going to reveal the, the details of the conversation, but I did speak with the Amir, and the um, work and their commitment to this work is ongoing, as is ours, and um, our work is ongoing to support some ability to reopen the pause um, and, and to, to have a deal going forward where there will be a pause so that we can get hostages out and get aid in. Holy crap. And you wonder why she can't be the next president of the United States. She just told you. She just explained it. Hamas has no interest in stopping. They already told you that October 7th was just the beginning, an opening salvo. This is who they are. And in the United States, what do we see? we see members of Congress having their homes vandalized. This is Representative Adam Smith of Washington State, Democrat. Last night, my house was vandalized by people advocating for a ceasefire in Israel and Gaza. This attack is sadly reflective of the coarsening of the political discourse in our country and is completely unwarranted, unnecessary, and harmful to our political system. That is the wrong answer, Congressman, and I'm sorry this happened to you. This is not reflective of the coarsening of our political discourse. This is reflective of Americans supporting a terrorist organization and us having no leadership currently in office to stand up and say, they're terrorists, you're out of your damn mind. No one in Philadelphia to put down those trying to intimidate shop owners. Did you not hear what happened in Philadelphia? 
Well, what happened in Philadelphia was a gathering of a couple hundred protesters screaming at the owner of a restaurant of a falafel restaurant he happens to be israeli and they're chanting The name of the restaurant is Goldie's. Uh, the the owner is a James Beard Award winner. To win a James Beard Award, you have to know how to cook, kids. And you've got 100-plus people in front of their shop screaming, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Basically, these could be the same people in Charlottesville. But if it was Charlottesville, you would know about it because the press would be talking about it. But because they're going after Jews uh, and, and, and they support Hamas, it's fine. It's fine. You see, you go after Jews and you're a white nationalist, we talk about it. You go after Jews and you support Hamas, we get total silence about it. Do you see how that works? Do you see how that, that makes, makes total sense? It's just it's, it's the most understandable thing in the world. This is terrorism. This is trying to scare people into closing down. And this is what Philadelphia allows. Now, you say to me, hey, Tony, you're, you're a guy out of Indianapolis. Do you think they'd allow it? I have no doubt that, that Mayor Joe Hogsett of Indianapolis would allow this. Just like I have no doubt that Mayor London Breed of San Francisco would allow it. Like I have no, I, no, no doubt that Mayor Brandon Johnson of Chicago would participate in the event. None. The people who run cities on the political left do not stand up for decency. The idea that a protest can take place, a march can take place, a rally can take place, I am not talking about limiting that for citizens. Showing up at someone's shop and engaging in this, of course it's a threat. And 400 cops should come and break it up. However it takes. What are we talking about here? You think that this is protest? This is exactly what was done to business owners during Black Lives Matter. Where is the sign in your shop window saying you support Black Lives Matter? Um, I, I, I sell donuts. Well, why aren't you supporting Black Lives Matter? I sell donuts. I don't take political positions. I just, it, it, it's glazed or, or it's not. And uh, this, this, this one has sprinkles. Donuts good. Well, if you don't put a sign in your in your shop window, we're going to assume you're against us, and then you'll have to suffer the consequences. That happened. That I know people it happened to. It happened. This is the everyday. The absolute abusiveness taking place every day. And in Dearborn, Michigan, they had a rally... Uh, signs that say free free gaza which is not what they're 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 saying they're saying kill the jews and yes it seems that they have taken the side of hamas here we should be clear that the political left and the hamas squad uh in you know in congress they've taken the side of hamas this was at the henry ford centennial library it took place uh and and here's what one of the protesters was saying we are lucky to be alive 
and the error of Imam Khomeini. I'm going to stop for a moment. Let's make an argument that perhaps I've got it wrong. It is possible that I've got it wrong. Khomeini is Khomeini. Do you mean the Ayatollah? I'm asking, Dearborn, Michigan, I want to make sure I heard it right. We are lucky to be alive in the error of Imam Khomeini. Maybe he's talking about somebody different. Maybe. Well, we witness these kinds of victories. Brothers and sisters, the operation Al-Aqsa Storm, that day that it took place was definitely what we call Ayyamullah, one of the days of God. It's true, the brothers who were there, they planned, they trained, they made every effort, blood, sweat, and tears, but they will be the first to tell you it was the help of God that made that social miracle come true. Now, I don't think it takes much to understand that this is a rally taking place in Dearborn supporting Hamas. This is not to say there's a differentiation between the Palestinian people and the Hamas terrorists. This is a celebration of the Hamas terrorists. Yeah, that's what's happening. And we were able to witness this by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So first of all, we thank Allah for being here. We also thank all of those who resisted and made this a possibility. And we cannot forget those who made this a possibility with their blood, sweat, and tears like Shaheed Qasim Soleimani. Wait. Wait, Soleimani? You mean the guy that we killed in Iraq? You mean Qasem Soleimani, the Iranian uh, head of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps? The commander of the Quds Forces. The right-hand man to the Ayatollah Khomeini. Oh, no, 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 it, it's clear, it's clear that when uh, Rashida Tlaib screams free Palestine and when they scream from the river to the sea, uh, they're talking about the Palestinian people and not Hamas. Oh, sure. Guys, how many more ways do they have to tell you? This is Hamas support that we're seeing all across the United States. We first address those lions who are defending not just Palestine, but they are fighting on behalf of the entire Ummah of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The way that your youth have chosen, the way that your honorable soldiers have chosen is the only path to victory. How dare you compare Hamas to Daesh, to ISIS? You had ISIS in your hospitals. Who created ISIS? That's right, Donald Trump told us. ISIS was founded by Obama. So you created ISIS, you helped ISIS, you are ISIS, but you're much, much worse than ISIS. To the friends of the... Okay, just take a, take a moment for that all to sink in. 
that guy just blamed Obama for the creation of ISIS. And how dare you compare Hamas to ISIS is only further proof of the statement that I've been making. The rallies in support of Palestine, feel the air quotes, are rallies in support of Hamas. These are people in favor of genocide. These are people in favor of killing Jews. And he finishes up. Much, much worse than ISIS. To the friends of the Zionist occupiers, to the friends of the colonialists, tell your friends the jig is up. Tell your friends to get out. You know, all of us know, this time it's different. If you really care about Israel, tell them to get out. Tell them it's over. The Titanic is sinking. Nah. I'd rather they fight it out. I would rather Israel try its best to survive. But it cannot be stated enough what it is we're dealing with. That's Dearborn. I shared with you Philadelphia. On the campus of Columbia University, by the way, anybody who sends their kid to Columbia University is out of their head. They are having, here we go, we'll be having our second teaching this Wednesday the 6th at 12 p.m. in room C03 of the Social Work Building. We will discuss the significance of the Palestinian counteroffensive on October 7th and the centrality of revolutionary violence to anti-imperialism. Counteroffensive? Again, no distinguishing between Hamas and the quote-unquote Palestinians, not only saying one and the same, but supporting Hamas. And now they're going to have events, and they've got flyers, significance of the October 7th Palestinian counteroffensive. Then they're also going to be having, at uh, the Columbia Graduate School of Journalism, on feminism and Palestine, a faculty roundtable. Feminism and Palestine. Feminism. <laughs> like, like any of these liberal women would be able to survive in Gaza under, under this rule. Un, like any of them would last five minutes under Sharia. Wait till feminists learn that America is not the thing to tear down. America's the best. Because only in America do you get to act this ridiculously and nobody throws you in jail, stones you, or kills you. What's the worst that happens? Somebody uses the wrong pronoun? Sit down, shut up, and deal with it. That's not bad. Getting stoned, dying, mm, that's got to suck. Never mind what else might happen to you. If you ask me again whether or not leftism provides any value, I'm going to tell you no. But I don't want to hear again about how we have to differentiate between the people of Gaza and the terrorists that are Hamas. The, the people in the streets of America, they're not differentiating. They're proud of Hamas. This is where we are. Societally, it's a bad place to be. I'm Tony Katz. 
The Dow is down 87. The Nasdaq is down 125. I mean, the market's been up for five weeks in a row. I don't know if this is so surprising. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Spotify announcing that they're going to cut 17% of the workforce to right-size and deal with the new economic reality. That's going to be 1,500 jobs being cut by Spotify. And one of the weirdest things in all of this is, as we've discussed inflation, you you would think that um, inflation would mean that Certain things that are usually a hedge, like gold or precious metals, would have gone up, but they didn't until like yesterday, the last couple of days. Gold on November 10th was $1,900.46 an ounce, and on Friday it was 2083 Right now, as I have it, it's 2038 I don't, I, I don't claim an expertise on, on this part of it, on the precious metals, but... It would seem to me that if, if inflation was an issue, shouldn't gold have gone up months ago? A year ago? Why now? I'm curious. I'm Tony Katz.